0: we are bringing back giveaways. So for this month, I have a digital copy of season two of the DC television show, Titan. Now I know the show's available on HBO Max, but this can be yours to own. Well, as much as you own a digital copy, which is available in your, I believe it's gonna be in your Amazon account, but totally free. In order to enter, you need to be on the mailing list. To join the mailing list, go to the website. There are gonna be multiple drops during this episode for links that you can use to get to the website. At the bottom of the page, there's a little box you can put your email in and hit submit. Put your email in, press submit, and you'll get added to the list. Everyone on the list is automatically entered each month for the DVD of the month. So this month, for the month of August, it is Titans. This drawing will happen on the episode that takes place on the 2nd of September and then that person just needs to email in directly, but we'll have more details on that as we get closer. So throughout the show, we have multiple opportunities for you to go and help out the show. At the bottom of each page is going to be the entry form to subscribe. Simply put your email in, and you will be entered to win a digital copy of Season 2 of Titans. Please, everyone, go ahead and do that. I got We're going to be giving away stuff every, once a month. And then next month, we'll start the new thing. Once you win once, you can't win the next month, but you can win the month after. So, let's see how this goes. Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam. So, we have a fuck-ton of news to kind of slog through this week. So, let's just dive right in. Disney had a big investor call late last week and on this call a lot of new information came out. Uh, Book of Boba Fett is definitely happening in the calendar year 2021. And I'm specifying the calendar year because apparently there are a lot of morons who are operating entertainment news sites who don't know the difference between a calendar year and a fiscal year. The fiscal year refers to the 12-month period that a business considers their year. It doesn't always line up with the 12-month with the 12-month calendar year. But it, it is their own thing. Companies do this. That way they can affect their earn Like, their earnings are reported based on this period, based on when the company was founded, this, that, the other thing. And that's important for one of the other stories coming up. So keep that in mind, that Disney's fiscal year does not line up with the calendar 12 months. So Book of Boba Fett and Hawkeye will both be coming in the fiscal year, tw- uh, well, in the calendar year 2021. So between now and December, we're going to get both of those shows. Miss Marvel will be coming in 2022, probably early, say, January, February. Um, Cruella 2 was confirmed. Now, I'm a little bit split on this because I think that this means that Emma Stone is dropping her lawsuit and leaving Scarlett Johansson on her own, suing Disney. Uh, But at the same time, it could also be one of those things where it's like, look, let the lawyers fight it out. You know, we will make the movie anyway, and, you know, the lawyers will figure it out. By the time this movie comes out, we're not going to have to deal with, you know, uh, we're not going to have to deal with any of this. Plus, who knows what the monetary difference was between Cruella, what it should have been, and Cruella, what it is. And it's like, is it worth burning a bridge with Disney over this? Maybe, uh, maybe not. So then came the other things, coming from the big Marvel Studios releases. So first, Shang-Chi is sticking to its September 3rd release date. We will be doing a Beware of Spoilers around that time, depending on when I see it. Um, so because Shang-Chi is sticking with that, people got upset um, because it's not going to Disney+. Plus. Now, if you're someone who praised Scarlett Johansson for suing Disney to get the money, and I think that they're in the right to sue, she's in the right to sue Disney, because the the one of the biggest causes of theft in this country, above burglary, above... You know, shoplifting, everything else is wage theft, and it's employers withholding money and not giving the, empl- the employees the money that they, are, uh, that they rightfully deserve. And, and this is a lawsuit over wage theft. With, there was money promised to Scarlett Johansson. She did not get the money. I know it's, you know, we're talking orders of magnitude of millions, but, but still, it's money that was rightfully supposed to be hers. So that lawsuit, I, I, like, that lawsuit should be happening. Now, if you're someone who is saying it's unethical for Disney to release a movie during a pandemic, only in theaters and not on their streaming service, number one, you can't also say that, and then also say that, you know, Black Widow should have, that um, Scarlett Johansson was right to sue over Black Widow's back end, because I can guarantee that that was something that was worth, that was in the conversation. Um, where it's like, well, are we, we're running the risk. And, and the thing is, it's like at this point, I don't think that Scarlett Johansson has too much more going on with Marvel Studios. I don't think that, you know, I think that for her, it's a, it's not as big a loss to Sue and try and get the money she's owed. Um, whereas someone like Simu Lu and anyone else affiliated with uh, Shang-Chi, they're new to the project. They, um, to, to the studio, they, they wouldn't want to Sue and potentially upset the studio and then lose out in the future, I, I get it, totally get it, and there could be an arbitration thing, who knows? Uh, the, the specifics of the contracts are not publicly known. If you were someone who praised Scarlett Johansson, don't also at the same time say this is wrong, because that's the reason why they're doing it, is because of the lawsuit, and, and now they get to sue for... On top of you know that, they also have to pay the legal fees, and, and there's a lot of other money that now has to go into it. On top of just you know the money that was owed to Scarlett Johansson to begin with. Do I think that you know they are right to release this movie during a pandemic? I mean, look, here's the thing: there have been things that have happened since the pandemic that are that movie studios have done that isn't the best, like Fast Nine. Was not released on streaming anywhere. You had to go to a theater to see Fast Nine. Um, attached to Fast Nine, if you saw it in IMAX, was a teaser for Jurassic World Dominion that was not released online. So you had to go and see this movie in theaters to see either of those two things. You also were not required. Like you also, they also did Warner Brothers did a huge Dune event where they put. Uh, behind-the-scenes thing of doing, like, the first 10 minutes of the movie and the new trailer and a bunch of other other stuff into IMAX theaters where you had to go to an IMAX theater to see this. Were those companies also unethical for doing that? And it's like, well, if we're going to open that can of worms, it's, you know, nothing a company is going to do is don't... Like, the ethics of running a company and the the greater good of the company, which is what the... The people who run the company have is they have the fiduciary duty to their shareholders, not to public health or to anything else. So, you know, putting the movie in theaters is, is their thing. If you aren't happy about Shang-Chi going to theaters, just wait the 45 days. It's it, like literally, it's going to be out mid-October on Disney Plus. It's not going to be like, and, and that's the other thing too. It's not like Black Widow, where Black Widow went premier access and then didn't go to Disney Plus until September. It's 45 days. So you can wait the 45 days and watch Shang-Chi on Disney+, Plus if it's really that big of a concern for you. Um, And on top of it, you don't got to pay $30 extra to see it. So really, I think this is a better alternative to to Black Widow, where you got to pay $30 and then all of that. So honestly, I don't think that's a great thing. Now, the, the last thing was they talked about how they were looking forward to their 2022 release slate of movies, at this event, because this is the um, the end of twenty twenty one, end of fiscal year twenty twenty one, calls. So I said we're looking forward to our twenty twenty two slate of movies, and we're looking forward to Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness and the Eternals and that. So a bunch of websites who don't understand this ran articles saying that the Eternals got delayed into twenty twenty two. Now you're probably hearing that and saying, well. It's an easy mistake to make, but I'm going to contend that if you're someone who's going to be listening to a Disney investor call in, with the intent that you are going to report on it as a journalistic source, you should know what a fiscal year is. And you also, if this happens and you run this article and you report in this article that the Eternals have to lay to 2021, the question I have is should the news sites who do this issue a retraction and, and not just edit the article? Because that's something else that, that's been bothering me lately is that the, the retraction has gone and the correction have gone the, the way of the dinosaur where we just kind of ignore like the way it works where it's like you know the newspaper, if, you, if the newspaper fucked up at some point, they'd be like they would, it, the next day in the paper, they'd be like, on page, whatever last week we fucked up and we reported on this. This is the accurate you know accuracy of what happened. And if you go to like accredited news sites on on the internet, they will leave notes, like, we edited this article on this day, so that way uh, we can correct this piece of information. Like, uh, when the Varsity Blues thing happened with uh, Laurie Lachlan and Felicity Huffman, there was a correction that was, uh, we listed Felicity Huffman as an Academy Award winner. That was incorrect. She's an Academy Award nominee. Like, it's a small thing, but they issue a formal correction for it. That way, the audience, you know, they still have journalistic integrity. If you just edit your article to change that, I'm not saying if it's a typo, like, you know, if you make a typo, you could, like, you don't have to issue a correction, I don't think. But if, like, if it's something like, you know, major, where it's like, we're reporting that a movie got delayed, but no, we're just stupid and didn't, you know, understand what we're talking about, you should issue a correction. I'm sorry, I'm, a, I'm, I'm sticking with that. Now, unlike us, where it's a, it's a public record, like, on this podcast, it's a public record where it stays up and you can hear it, and, you know, older episodes, we have incorrect things. I don't go in and cut out anything that's incorrect. You can go in and listen to us be flagrantly wrong about things constantly. Um, with authority, too. Like, with authoritatively incorrect, confidently incorrect, and you can listen to that, and you can, you can see all of that for yourself, but we very infrequently go back and say we, we, we're correcting it, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a living record of, you know, rumors and things like that that we can find online, and I don't go in and re-record things to line up more accurately with reality if it's there, that's what was believed at the time, and, you know, going forward, we, we try to do better. In other movie news, Let There Be Carnage, the new Venom movie, has been delayed three weeks to come out one week before Dune. I see this as Sony losing faith in Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I don't think it... I I have, like... I saw the first Venom in theaters. I did not particularly care for it. So, when they announced Venom, Let There Be Carnage, I wasn't, like, you know, pumped. I I also think that Carnage is a great Spider-Man villain, and to see see him in this... Way only in this little pocket world, and it, it kind of feels weird. So it it, it does kind of. I, I'm not really interested in the movie to begin with, but they have moved it back three weeks to one week before Dune, which means to me, reading this, I don't think they have much faith in it, or they have the the confidence of the state of Florida, where they're going to run, they're they're going to run it against Dune. Like, yeah, this movie's going to beat Dune opening weekend. I don't think this movie's going to beat Dune opening weekend. Like, we have two weeks after Dune is the Eternals and the director of the Eternals is coming out and saying like, this movie is fucking amazing about Dune. Like I have, I like, it is my most anticipated movie of the back half of the year, um, bar none. Um, so Dune, I think is going to be, you know, the, like, is going to be the movie to see. I don't think that Venom is going to unseat it. Like, I don't think week two of Venom is going to beat week one of Dune, but also keeping in mind, we are in the pandemic And we've seen historic drop-offs week one to week two at this point. So maybe they're just like, fuck it, it's going to drop off anyway. We can put it wherever we want. So that's also a possibility. In other movie news, Robert Rodriguez has signed a first-look deal with HBO Max and Warner Media. I have faith in Robert Rodriguez as a director. So when he signs this deal with Warner Media, it means more to me than when J.J. Abrams did. He may have done it for the IP, but I also... I would rather watch any given Robert Rodriguez movie than the best JJ Abrams movie so I good for him on this deal love to see where this is going let's let's see how this goes uh, his episodes on Mandalorian were great I want to see what worlds he plays around with and there are some DC characters I'd love to see him play with like if anyone can make a Jonah Hex movie work I think it's Robert Rodriguez um, but let's see what what he picks up and does here. Um, Like, maybe he can make a Green Arrow movie work. Maybe he can make a Vigilante movie work. Him on a Batman movie would be fantastic, but I'm I'm Batman'd out. Keeping in line with DC News, The Flash Season 8 is going to launch with a five-part crossover event. That's the story that's been run, where it's going to be a five-part crossover event. Now, if you're listening to this and you read that, you're probably thinking the same thing I did when I first read that headline, which is... It's going to be like Crisis on Infinite Earths or Crisis on Earth X or Invasion or Elseworlds or even like Heroes, um, what was that called, Heroes Come Together, Heroes Unite, or really just Legends of Yesterday, Legends of Today. But it's it's going to be more of the Flash taking a tour of the various parts of the Arrowverse and meeting other people. I think that from what I read, we're definitely going to get Black Lightning, which just ended. Um, Jefferson Pierce is, from what I read, making an appearance. I would be surprised if Supergirl did not make an appearance. I'm fairly certain she's going to be living through her finale. And I think that we can also guarantee that he will be, uh, there will be a future aspect of it. We may get Mia Queen back. Uh, And I'd be totally okay with that, too. Um, as for the rest, I mean, Legends of Tomorrow would be cool for them to cross over with. Um, and Superman and Lois and Batwoman. So, honestly, I'd love to see where this goes, but I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant, and I also think this is another one of those harbingers, no pun intended, that we can see the Arrowverse uh, losing the Flash after next year, where I could see this as kind of a farewell tour going forward. I'm not entirely sure how this would work, but it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Last piece of uh, video game news. Oh no, there's going to be another one. I just haven't recorded it yet um, because it, it's not happening till Wednesday. I'm recording this on Sunday. Um, the PS2 era Grand Theft Auto games, which would be Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and Grand Theft Auto Vice City, are getting a remaster. I'm excited for this. Apparently, they're going to the Switch too. It'll be pretty cool to see how they do this and how well it, you know, ages up. I don't know if it's simply a re release or a remaster, but either way, they are going to be coming to next gen consoles. And one final story before we go into the Pokemon Direct. Nielsen has lost its accreditation uh, from the Media Ratings Council. And what this means is Nielsen, for those of you who don't know, is who aggregates the information on who is watching what TV shows at any given point. Uh, And when you see, like, oh, so-and-so many people watch this show, Nielsen is the company that aggregates it. And the way they do it is a little bizarre, considering it's the year 2021 and not 1950, because they haven't really updated their, their methodology at all since it first started. And their methodology worked in the 1950s in a world in which everyone had one TV, and so when I saw that they had they had not updated their, their methodology, I was, you know, kind of surprised, where it's like, everything's internet connected now, like the cable box that my parents, I don't have cable now, but... The cable box that my parents have is also their modem and their router, so there's no reason why I shouldn't just be able to aggregate everything at once. And yes, in the recent past, um, Nielsen has integrated all Vizio TVs, all DirecTV, and all Dish Network customers into their thing, but there's still huge swaths of the there's still huge swaths of information not being aggregated. And in a world where, say, I use CWC as the example, because one of the things that would routinely get brought up. For, for why the CW shows were failing was their, their ratings. And CWC seed, you don't have to pay for, but you can watch the shows that week when they come out uh, with ads. And that information is not aggregated by Nielsen. The Nielsen ratings also, I don't know how they take into consideration DVR. I don't know how to take into consideration On Demand. I don't know any of that information, if at all. Um, so there's a there's a there's a considerable amount of TV viewing information that's not being relayed, and it's why to this day we still have sports dominating the uh, what's it called dominating the landscape of uh, broadcast television as the highest broadcast thing, because you can't DVR a sports uh, a sporting event or a live or other live events and have it mean the same thing. Like, no one's DVRing the, um, what's it called, the the Academy Awards or the Grammys. No one's watching them live anyway, but, like, no one's DVRing these events. No one's DVRing the Super Bowl. No one's DVRing, what else is there, like, the, the Stanley Cup Playoff, the World Series. These things aren't things that get DVR'd. What does get DVR'd is things like The Flash, Blue Bloods, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, um, all these shows, Law & Order, SVU these mainstay TV shows on not just basic cable but on premium channels too that do their best to, like, that aren't keeping up in these, you know, traditional things. So it's like when you look at, like, you know, say, um, the, the ratings of, what's it called, like, Batwoman compared to other TV shows that are running, the ratings may seem lower, but at the same time, they're not necessarily lower altogether if that makes sense, like, because it's not taking into consideration on-demand viewing, online viewing, and all of that, where they're still getting ad revenue in the same way they would traditionally, but now also, you know, uh, that's not being aggregated by Nielsen. So I think that the decision to de- take away the accreditation from Nielsen is a good one, and I think that we really need to, you know, as a people, come forward and be like, you know, we, 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 we want more transparency in this, because, like, if you look at, like, you know, any of the streamers, they don't release their information publicly— their numbers aren't public knowledge. And that's bizarre to me. On, on, on not only the level of, like, when a movie comes out, like, this weekend, we know exactly how much Free Guy made, which is, like, $28 million, which is not a lot, but also the pandemic going on. Like, there's no reason why that information is public knowledge, but at the same time, when we have, you know, streamers that are releasing their, their stuff there, that's not. And the streamers are just as, accredited, um, just as accountable to those who are making content for them and those who are doing all kinds of things for them. And the shareholders, they're just as they are just as accountable. They're just as accountable to... The streamers are just as accountable to shareholders and content creators and directors and writers and all of that. But that information is not publicly known. Now, I'm assuming that internally, like, you know, of course, Warner Brothers has internal metrics for how much is being watched on HBO Max. I know that Amazon has internal metrics for how much is being watched on... On Amazon Prime, but that information is not publicly known, and I think part of it is when they say like number one streamer, and then was like, oh well, here's our number of streamers. It's not taking into consideration the people who have Netflix and then didn't cancel their subscription, or have Netflix and you know didn't watch it that weekend. It's it's not it's not creating an accurate percentage for how much is there, and I think that these things need to be publicly released, um, and I think that at the end of the day, television metrics being public knowledge make it easier for business to advertise and create more accuracy in that regard. Um, and I think it's more interesting, the thing is, too, with, with Nielsen, is the way that they chose who was getting it, we don't know what neighborhoods and what zip codes are are receiving Nielsen boxes. We don't know who is, view, who is actually viewing the stuff and who is being recorded as, you know, this is who was watching this. And, you know, not specifically, like, name date of birth and all of that but broadly like you know demographic information where it's like the demographic information coming out of nielsen is not in line with you know what we see from like what's it called what we see from like the census and all of that it'll be interesting to see how this new way of doing things lines up with you know i guess reality would be the word that i'm saying like the way that i put it like the way it lines up with what we see on a regular basis um, and how it lines up with, you know, other trends that we see in population. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this new thing works. If you are someone who's looking forward to an immediate change, don't get your hopes up because they, they like people are going to use Nielsen ratings. They get lost their uh, their accreditation. So hopefully, what ends up happening is Nielsen changes up what they do so they can regain that status. Uh, or someone new comes along, and someone new comes along and says, hey, we'll aggregate this information and release it to you in an important way, in a, in a meaningful way. But it would, that would be helpful. Uh, so if you're looking for something immediate, don't get your hopes up, but it will eventually happen. Um, so now for Pokemon Direct. There was some news about Pokemon Unite, which I'm not really interested in. I never really have been interested in the idea since it was announced. Nothing about it really struck me as, like, a need-to-play game. It's a free-to-play, so it means going to be loaded with microtransactions. It has a very limited roster. It's like, you know, attempting to cash in on League of Legends, and never really struck me as something that I would be interested in playing. I never really was into that style of game anyway, so, you know, when they announced I wasn't thrilled to begin with, and, you know, this, this uh, you know, it, it, it came out. It says more about that. Wasn't really interested in that. What I was interested was uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Which are the Diamond and Pearl remakes and Pokemon Legends Arceus, or Arceus, or however you pronounce that. That is coming out in um, January. So first, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. The graphics have been upgraded since the first trailer, which we expected to happen. If you have a functioning brain, it's going to be operating on the Platinum Pokedex, not the Pokedex from Diamond and Pearl. Which, you know, makes sense, um, all things considered. So I can can see that happening. They're also introducing, uh, bringing back Seals. For the, uh, for, for your balls. You can make sure your balls are nice and sealed. And it, it changes the intro animation when you are uh, sending Pokemon out to battle. There is the return of the underground, um, which is pretty cool. I always like the underground. It looks like a lot of it looks taken directly from it. Um, this is not in it, but it was reported on based on the rating. The game corner will not be back um, unless they localize it Whether it's the game corner in... North America and Japan, but not in, um, what's it called, not in, in Europe, because the Europe rating would be automatically, like, uh, Peggy 12, if it, if it had gambling in it, but there is no gambling, therefore it is not Peggy 12, it is everyone, or their equivalent of everyone. Who else is there that I want, I mean, it, it looks like it's a pretty straight up reboot, not reboot, but like a, uh, like, a remake, so cool i guess you know and like have fun with that i might pick it up but like omega ruby and alpha sapphire were underwhelming so i might wait for reviews on that but we'll see then pokemon legends arceus um which is the game i'm more interested in which is a complete departure from anything they've done in the past um there are different battle styles it looks more like really the way i describe it would be it looks more like uh final fantasy style battling with you know sending out monsters rather than doing the damage yourself. Actually, you know what it reminds me of exactly. Um, minus the stacking, it's it's fi- World of Final Fantasy Maxima, where you know your your characters you know go out and the faster they are, the more attacks they can do. So you can increase, you can do a speed style or a strength style. You know, strength st- strength style is more of a bruiser. He can get in there and and, and get more hits in. Well a speed style can get more uh, can get more attacks out in less time. So it's a pretty cool, you know, breakdown. You, your trainer, can be attacked by the Pokemon in the area, and if you black out, then you can end up with, um, you can end up, you know, the same way you would if you lost all your Pokemon. Um, you can catch Pokemon from the overworld without having to go into an encounter. There's seamless going into encounters based on the gameplay footage they showed. Uh, if you do elect to send out a Pokemon to fight the other one. And they introduced, you know, some new... I don't, Issun, I think it's the name of the region, which is Sinnoh, but like really, you know, it's slightly different. So Issunian forms of Growlithe and, what's the other one? Growlithe and, oh, Braviary were the two that got them first. And then I would I would say presumably Stantler and Basculin, because the, Stant- the, the, the deer Pokemon looks related to Stantler. And we know that the Basculin evolved form is in this game, and with Sword and Shield we had our first introduction to, uh, you know, regional evolutions with Obstagoon and with, uh, like, Cursilla and things like that. So we're we're really expanding on the world here a little bit, and I really like how they're doing that. Uh, It does raise some interesting questions about ecology, though, and evolution and, you know, all of that, but, you know, that's really not the most important thing at this moment. Um So what else? Um, Oh, uh, Eternals trailer. Finally, well, we got a full story trailer, which is good because I was underwhelmed by the first trailer. Like, look, Chloe Zhao is a great director. And I feel like both of these trailers are really designed to show that, like, look, we got an Academy Award-winning director to direct this movie. Isn't that great? Look at how beautiful everything is and how great everything is shot, how awesome the effects look and how cool all this stuff is. And then it's like, okay, but... That's cool, but, you know, I was gonna see this movie anyway, because you guys threw your logo on it, and, you know, it's in line with the others, but, like, who are these characters? They're all new characters, none of which have any ties to previous ones, so, who are these people, why do I care about them, what are they doing, and, you know, those are all questions. So this new trailer kind of answers some of those questions, like, why are they here, why haven't they interfered in the past, what's going on, and, and, like, why should I care? I still don't care about any of these characters in the way the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer made me feel an attachment to them as they were coming in, but, you know, maybe the, the story looks interesting enough where it might be able to, uh, you know, keep me, like, to, to, like, like, look, it had my attention anyway, so I, I don't know if it's like, you know, we don't have to do it, but like at the same time, like you do still have to do some marketing, and you do have to do something to, to get me to see this movie. Like I was gonna see it anyway, but if you're gonna, you know, say, hey, come out and see this in theaters, you know, this marketing campaign may have worked in a pre-COVID world where we're right after, you know, where it's only a year after Endgame, and you know, we people are ready, willing, and able to go to the movies. But if people aren't ready, willing, and able to go to the movies, you need to convince them to go to the movies or spend the $30 to watch on, on what's it called, on, on Disney+, Plus if they're going to do that route. So, yeah, I owned, I, like, I'm Like, i conflicted on this. I still feel like they're not quite giving us enough information going into this movie. Like, I mean, I'm going to see it anyway, but I just wish that they had given me more to, like, you know, look forward to in this, uh, which this, this, neither these girls have done. Um, so I said I was going to do, um, The Flash and, uh, what was it called? The Flash and, and a movie this week, but it's been busy with so much going on. We're going to put it off till next week again. Um, so until then, have a great rest of your week. Do you like the show? Do you hate the show? Are you indifferent to the show? No matter what, you should probably let us know what we're doing so we can change it to better suit you, the listener's needs. You can go to either bitbit.ly slash B-O-S contact, which is a contact form page you can use. Also, you can just email us directly at 30 reviews at gmail.com. If you have questions that you would like us to answer, we can answer them on the air. We have a few questions every week that will be selected to be answered on air. Um, so if you want to tell us what we should do, or if you have a suggestion for a movie or a TV show or something we should cover, Go to bitbit.ly/voscontact and also email us 30 minute reviews at gmail.com.